0: Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Such a privilege to be here in the family, isn't it? Yeah? To come together and meet our loved one. Just Sarah addressing me as dear, you know, that's so endearing to be part of the family. It's such a privilege. So we are all part of a beautiful family. Yeah. Uh, the Lord has put a word on my heart, and I just pray that you will receive it, each one of us, even it speaks to me, so we'll all come in the presence of the Lord and receive that word. Let's start with a word of prayer. Hallelujah, Lord. I just thank you for you, are God. You are seated on the throne, and I thank you for making us a family. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is life. It is light to our path. There is no darkness in your word. I thank you, Lord. And I pray that you will speak to each one of us right now. Everyone. As even as you're speaking to me also. I receive your word, Father Lord. Speak to everyone, even those watching online. And just bless them. Change our lives with your word. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 28, we see the prophet Isaiah is warning the kingdom of Judah. He tells them that the northern kingdom of Israel is under imminent attack from the Assyrians and that Judah should be careful. So actually in that chapter, uh, they're talking about how the people of Israel have gone into drunken ways. Uh, Not only the ordinary people. But even the priests and the prophets and the rulers, they've all gone away from God and they have gone into drunkenness. And so Isaiah is telling them, listen, Israel has gone away from God and they're going to be attacked by the Assyrians. And we know that at that time they were attacked and they were scattered and things changed. Israel was no longer a state, a kingdom after that. And he said, the same thing can happen to you, Judah. Be careful. And in Isaiah 28 verses 14 and 15, it says, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men who rule this people who are in Jerusalem, because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with Sheol. We are in agreement when the overflowing scourge passes through, it will not come to us. For we have made lies a refuge. And under falsehood, we have hidden ourselves. So he's saying that the rulers in Judah are saying that we have made an agreement with death. They were not fearful about death. Because all they could think about was the world. When you're not aware of the things of eternity, you will not be scared about death. You'll think that, okay, I'll keep on living and living. You're never aware, conscious of death. You think it's never going to happen. Especially for youngsters, you'll think, oh, it's never going to happen. But that's what So they said. We have a, con- uh, a covenant with death. We're not scared. And because of that, they said, when the overflowing scourge passes through, it will not come to us. Nothing is going to affect us. It's going to affect others only. It won't affect us. So they are being deceived. They were under falsehood. Believing that. Even now, the world, you never think about, most of us never think about, Uh, you know, eternity. We're always thinking about now, our problems here. It's all about all these things. But truly, there is an eternity. And we need to think beyond here. Don't be, you know, don't be deceived by this, the world here only. And in the next verse he says, uh, 28 verses 16 and 17 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Also, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the plummet. The hail will sweep away the refuge of lies and the waters will overflow the hiding place. So the Lord is saying, because of that, behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation. So who is going to lay that stone of foundation? The Lord. It is not any of us who is going to lay in that foundation. It is the Lord. So he said, behold, see it. Value what the Lord is doing. Because I am going to make a stone. of the I am going to make a foundation. It is going to be a tried stone. So what do you mean by a tried stone? It is not an ordinary stone. Any other stone. It is something that has been tested. Perfected a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. That means will not act hastily and be anxious. When you're in a hurry, when you're anxious, you suddenly act, no? When you have to, you know, when you're under pressure, sometimes you act suddenly. But here it says that whoever believes in the stone will not act hastily. And that word in some other versions, is will not be disturbed, will be unshakable. Whoever believes in this stone will be unshakable. Tell your neighbor, whoever believes in this stone will be unshakable. So here he's saying, is actually Isaiah is a prophet of Judah. And he has told, he's given them warnings. And he's saying that you need to trust in God. And Hezekiah is the king at that time. And we know the, how Israel is, is conquered by the Assyrians. And his, and Judah is a smaller nation. And at that time, the Assyrians were so powerful. They had such cruel ways of battle. We see in the archaeological, you know, archaeological findings that Assyrians, all their weapons were very cruel. Though even from pictures, that they had very cruel ways of killing their war victims. And I'm sure that Judah would have been very fearful. But the Lord is saying, don't be fearful because I can be trusted. And Hezekiah trusts in the Lord. And because he trusts, they were never conquered by Assyria. Judah, even being a small country, kingdom, was never conquered by Assyria. Just imagine, that's our God. If you trust in him, you will be safe. You won't have to act hastily. You can be safe. Even around us these days, there may be problems around you. Some things that you don't just don't know how to handle. But the Lord is saying, there is a sure foundation, a tried cornerstone. Whoever believes on that stone will not act hastily. Okay? So receive that word even now as you're sitting here. Whatever your problem is, that God is able, you can trust God every situation and we know in that this cornerstone is is Jesus Christ the messiah in 1st peter chapter 2 verse 6 peter quotes this verse revealing that jesus is the cornerstone therefore it is also contained in the scripture behold i lay in zion a chief cornerstone elect precious and he who believes on him will by be, by no means be put to shame so we know that he is a tried cornerstone because he was put to the test. And Jesus died and went through all that. He was tried. And now the Lord is saying, I have put this cornerstone there. I've established this cornerstone there. And if whoever puts their trust in him will not be put to shame. Yeah. You know, um, so you can trust in the world. In weak things, in, you can take refuge in things that disappear, but if you, but they can, they can, that can really let you down. But God has a solid foundation for those who trust in Him. The cornerstone provides the pattern for all the rest of the construction. You know, it's the keystone. And the entire building lines up with the cornerstone. So who is our cornerstone? Jesus the entire building has to align with that cornerstone in the book in the uh, gospel of Luke the sermon of the mount Jesus talks about uh, uh, gives this sermon in which he talks about the blessed people but in the end of that sermon he talks about a particular parable and that is in Luke chapter 6 verses 46 to 49 But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. So he's saying that, why do you call me Lord? You've listened to all my sermons, but you haven't obeyed. You've come to me, you've heard, but you haven't obeyed. And you'll be, and that's such a person, but if you have, you'll be like a house with a deep, with a, which is dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. So this parable is taught to all our Sunday school kids, and I still know the story. They'll sing the story. It's a very simple story, but it has so much meaning. What are we building our house on? What is our foundation? Yeah. So if you take, I was just thinking about. Suppose there is a there was a there is a person, uh, a wealthy man, and he gives money to two people, and he says. The same amount of money. And he says, go and build a house in a particular pattern. He gives them the same pattern. This is how you should build it. Go and build it. And both of them go their ways. One person would probably, if he built with a good foundation and everything perfectly, with good construction material, and the house looks good, he would have spent all the money into that. And the, but the other person, what does he do? He, he tries to cut costs. And then he spends less. He doesn't go uh, build a proper foundation. And even though the house looks good outside, but it's not being built in the best way. The materials were probably not the best. And then after that, that person, the, the owner says, okay, you built the house. Oh, they both look good outside. And then he says, okay, now you go and live there. And, both of them would, especially the second man, would be dismayed. Why? He could have built a better house because now he has cash in his pocket. But if he had put that into the house, he would have been able to live in a better house. So he, he, would, he would have been taken aback. Same way, actually, we are building our house. Yeah? The house represents our lives. We're all building a house. The question is, are we building our lives on the sure foundation Of obedience to Jesus? Or are we building it on the sand of empty profession? So what are we building our house on? You know, to build a house on a sure foundation is expensive. You know, it's going to take more money. You'll have to dig deeper, more time. It is an investment. But to build one on the sand, it's so easy. But the Lord is saying, what are you building on? Because if you build without a proper foundation... When the storm comes, the house will be ruined. Yeah? So how do we build a a sure foundation? Even in that parable it is written, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, those are the ones who build well. So first of all, you have to come to Jesus because he's the answer. Even as we took communion, we're saying that we are coming to remembering what Jesus did for us. So if I just want to encourage anyone who's watching online or anyone here, if you haven't come to Jesus, he's the one that each one of us has to come to. I remember as a young teenager, even though I knew the stories about Jesus, one day when someone told me about how Jesus died on the cross for me, it is then that I realized, yes, for me. And I came to the Lord. And everything changed after that. So I encourage anyone who has not come to Jesus, come to him because he will never turn away from you. He will open his arms wide and welcome you because he, you know, he loves the lost. So first of all, come to him. Come to him. Secondly, hear his word. We, we hear his word in different ways. I remember as a young believer, I think I can't hear his word. I don't know, even some of the children here say, "Ah, oh, we don't hear God's word. But God speaks in different ways. And he wants to speak to each one of us. He can speak as an inner voice. And something that's something you have to learn to, de- to understand. You know, on a long distance call, wherever a close family member is, when they don't have to say who they are. But we know, don't we? If your mom calls from far away, you say, you know, it's them. You learn to understand his voice. So first of all, you have that inner voice, which you listen to. Then also he speaks through the word. Oh, the word is such a beautiful place to hear his voice. Sometimes he speaks through dreams and visions. Often the Lord speaks to me through dreams. And I see that that comes to pass later on. And he'll also speak rarely in an audible voice. But the fact is the Lord wants to speak to each one of us, each one of you. He wants to speak to you more than you desire to hear him. Yeah? I used to think, oh, I can't hear. Everyone else is hearing. But I'm not hearing. But I, I pray that each one of you will hear. Because there's nothing like hearing his voice. Because only if you hear, can you obey. So God is, in, is going to try. And, I'm sure today God will speak to many of you. Many of you right in the back. I think the Lord is going to speak to you today. And the Lord touch you. So the Lord will speak to you. John Wycliffe said, The Bible is God's voice speaking to us just as truly as if we heard it audibly. Oh, God's word. There's nothing like it. It's our standard. It's our guide. Psalms 119, verses, uh, verse 165 said, Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. I encourage you, family to love God's word. I remember even as uh, when I was working in the secular as a doctor. Uh, whenever I was free, I'll take my Bible would be underneath my, uh, my desk. And so when there are no patients, I'll just take it up, read, read, read. I'll read and read from, you know, continuously, probably an epistle, just continuously read. Sometimes when you read, I know many of you feel you don't understand or it's not making a difference. But when as you keep on reading. You, it will get into you. And I know that un, unless you read the word, you will not be able to hear him in some times because it's the word that he speaks so often. So I was just sharing in the Malayalam service how once when I was... Uh, I had done a surgery for a lady who was blind in both eyes. So we did the first eye. I did the first eye. And she was so happy. And she was rejoicing. But after a week or two, something happened. She was a bit... And she came and said... Uh, doctor, suddenly my vision just reduced. I don't know when she was crying. And I was so upset because she had been so happy to, you know, see. And I just prayed. I said, Lord, it's just, we did, I did what I could do, but only you can move. And then the Lord spoke to me. Don't worry. Your your walls are before me. And that's a word in scripture. That is, your problems are before me. Oh, I was in the OP. I was so relieved. I said, Lord, Yes, this is a test for me and I will pass it. I believe you're going to heal her. And within a week, within a few days, she got back to normal. I don't know what it was. Probably it was a fluctuation of her eye pressure or something. I really can't explain. But she became normal after that. So I think that in some instances, if I hadn't, you know, read that word, how would it come alive? So you need to know that word to be able to, you know, claim it or understand it when you're in a difficult situation hear his voice. Another time I remember when my son was traveling and uh, he was in another, he was traveling in Europe actually for the first time. So he was traveling with a friend and something happened where the friend had a difficulty uh, and uh, he had to, he couldn't return back to the place where he's supposed to go. So he said, I had to, I couldn't leave him alone, so I'm here. So both the boys are in the middle of the street uh, in a country uh, where they One of them actually didn't have a passport. Uh, So, And my son was with him. And I was wondering, how are they going to get out of it? I spoke that the next moment his phone got cut off. So that was because his his, uh, sim period was only till that time. And I was thinking, Lord, I can't even ask how they're doing. What do I do next? I just prayed. And then the Lord gave me this verse. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. I just heard that voice and I went to sleep. And the next day everything was solved within a day or two. But it's just saying that the word of God, it just changes everything. You you just have to hear it. You have to read it to be able to receive it later on. So hear his voice. Second Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 to 17 says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and being assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God equips us for every good work. So we need to rehear it. When Paul went to Berea from Thessalonica in Acts 17, they listened to the word, they received it with all readiness, but they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. So even when you listen to messages, go back home, read the word, search scriptures, find out for yourself, is this right? Is this different, yeah? So uh, that is what the word of God encourages us to do. Go and study the word and find out, what is this what God is speaking to you? Because that is how you build your foundation. Reading that word, hearing his voice. So I said, first, you have to come to Jesus. Secondly, you have to hear his voice. And thirdly, act on his word. James chapter 1, verse 22-25 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. You know, you deceive yourself when you are just a hearer and not a doer. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So don't just be a hearer, be a doer. And that word, uh, a man observing his natural face, that word natural actually is in Greek, uh, it means face of his birth or face of his origin. It doesn't mean your external appearance, that you're looking into a mirror and seeing your external, uh, your external features. It means your inner being. So when you look into the mirror of the word, you see what's, you learn what's inside. And so you re- read the word and the word speaks to you saying that this is wrong, this is not right. Change that. Then you go and you don't do anything about it. You will not change. But you have to act on it. Go and do what the word told you to do. And then you will be, uh, you will change. Yeah? And that is, and he says this, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a do of the work, this one will be blessed. So we're always worried that when you read the word, you have to obey. It's going to be boring. But actually, there is so much freedom in obedience to the Lord. I know when you have to take very difficult decisions. Suppose you want something passionately, and the Lord says, it's not for you. Do something else. Isn't that difficult to obey? It is. But when you obey you will see God's goodness in that. In so many instances in my life, uh, even coming into ministry, I was just, I, the Lord spoke to me, but I was thinking, how can that be? Because I had worked for 15 years as an eye specialist. And I was thinking, how can I, why would, I? you know, I have God asked me to do that. And even the people around me said, you can serve God here. Why are you going away? But the word came clearly. It's not an easy word many times. But then, and then I, got, I prayed about it and it was confirmed and then I took that decision. It's not easy sometimes to obey God, but I'm so grateful. Praise be to God. It's been seven, almost seven years since I've stepped out of work, of that secular work and I'm now serving the Lord. And God is good. God is good. There's nothing like, there is freedom and obedience freedom i'm just say i can say that there is freedom in this yeah in there in obeying him so we need to act on his words so personally how do you build your foundation on jesus christ you come to him you hear his word and you obey his word you act on his word now the church is to be built on a foundation on a firm foundation paul in his letter to the corinthian church admonishes them for being immature you know they said i am in paul's group some people started saying i am i belong to apollo's group i belong to this group there was there were factions in the church there were divisions and paul you know criticized them actually paul was the one who established the church in corinth during his second missionary journey so in first corinthians chapter 3 verse 6 he says i planted apollos watered but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. God will use different people to build this church. All of us here who are helping each other in different, doing different roles, God has called us to do different things. But God causes the increase. And then he says in verse 9 to 11, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. There is only one foundation for the church and that is Jesus Christ. And so, This verse, we often, uh, we use it. We know that, okay, on that foundation, it's how we build. And if we build well, it's like building with gold and silver. But if we build poorly, it's like uh, building with wood and hay. And the fire will test it. It does mean about our individual walk with the Lord. Because what we do, whatever acts we do, it will be tested. But here, actually, the context in which he's speaking is about the church. So where Jesus is the foundation. And God uses different people to plant, to water, but God causes the increase. And God is saying that you're, all of you are fellow workers here. Actually, all those, everyone here is a fellow worker. You're not here to just come on Sunday, warm the seats and go. You're here to serve. We are all fellow workers, you know, we're all fellow workers. And God is saying that um, as your fellow workers, God is going to test your work. And the rewards according to it. So that's how God is going to build His church. And in verse 12 to 15, He says, oh yeah, 12, to 15, I read it." Acts chapter 2. In the book of Acts, the church is first formed. We know how uh, how they all the pe- all the uh, the disciples they gathered together in the upper room, and they're praying and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes and touches them. And then after that, the church increases and grows. And so I'm just thinking, they were mostly fishermen or tax collectors. What would they know? But the Lord gave them the wisdom to build the church on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And so what did they do? In Acts 2, verse 42, it says, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So as a church... This should be our foundation on Jesus Christ, that we come together with that teaching and fellowship, breaking of bread, which we did together and in prayer. So we need to build on that foundation. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22 says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and uh, foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Tell your neighbor, I'm a stone in this house. Yeah, yeah, you're a part, each of us together. We come together, yeah? God is building us together as a holy temple for him. And what dwells in that holy temple? Who dwells in that holy temple? The Holy Spirit. So even as a church, when you build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, when we build together and we make this building, we need to let the Holy Spirit dwell in our midst. So I would say every time I ask the Holy Spirit, you come into our services, Holy Spirit. You are the one who guides us because the Holy Spirit can change everything. The Holy Spirit is the one who is touching you now in your in the service. He's speaking to you. I'm just saying the words, but the Holy Spirit is here. So we as a church, we should be a place where the Holy Spirit dwells. Even in your personal life, you should let the Holy Spirit take over and dwell. And he's a gentleman. He will not force anything on any of you. all But he will wait and say, come on, do this. Do this way. Don't do that. And he will wait for you. And the more you listen to him, the more space you give him. The less we listen to him, we push him out. So it's in our personal lives and even in the church. So let us be a church that lets the Holy Spirit into every meeting. Yeah? I believe the Holy Spirit. I remember, I, I was just thinking, yesterday we went for a, a women's outing. And uh, we had been praying about it. And as we came together, we were, were learning about the Father's love. And then uh, the person who was instructing said, let's, let's just think about how, just close your eyes and think about how much God loves you. We, take, we closed our eyes and the Holy Spirit came in. And touched Everyone and i said oh this is a meeting where the holy spirit is there and that's why it was such a beautiful time because when the holy spirit comes everything changes all confusion goes so let us be a church where the holy spirit where which allows the holy spirit to move which allows the holy spirit to work in our hearts yeah so that's the type of church god wants paul in his second letter to timothy advises him to be diligent to show himself as an approved worker and to rightly divide the word. He tells him to be careful about the deception that is coming into the church. So even earlier during the uh, communion time, pastor was saying that I sense deception, some people being deceived. So Paul was addressing that deception in Second Timothy chapter 2 verses 17 to 19. It says, and their message will spread like cancer, that is, the message of false teachers will spread very easily. The true word of God sometimes may not, you know, people don't accept it. But, you know, the false teachings spread very fast. Hymenes and Philetus are of the sort who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past. So they were teaching that the resurrection is over. Uh, the rapture is over. We're just left here. So just imagine. And that teaching was spreading in the church. So Paul said, they are teaching the wrong thing. Jesus is going to come later on. The resurrection is not over. Yeah, the resurrection of the saints, he was meaning. And they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, so in the midst of that, Paul is saying, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So he's saying that whatever is happening around you, the world is going in different directions. Even some of the churches are entertaining the wrong truth, the wrong doctrines. And the Lord is saying, nevertheless, in the midst of that, God stands. The foundation of God stands. The solid foundation of God stands for his nature never changes. His word never changes. His purposes never change. Jesus has won the victory already. So we have to be so relieved about that. Because around you things may really look negative. But in the midst of that, I'm telling you church, understand that God's foundation stands. And then he says that on that foundation, there are two inscriptions. So in early days, on the foundation stones inscriptions were written uh, when pharaoh built the pharaohs built their uh, their their dwelling places they would the, on the stones they would have seals on it means a mark on it an oval shaped mark it, it was called the royal cartouche which was an oval shaped mark with uh, hieroglyphics written on it that is the egyptian script uh, about the pharaoh so all the details about the pharaoh would be written on that so that And so the seal was a mark of the builder and it can explain the characteristics of the building. But God has built his church and on every stone there is an inscription. Wow, beautiful, isn't it? See, I told, we were telling each other, we are the stones. On every stone something is written and there are two inscriptions. One was, the Lord knows those who are his. Wow. Others may not know who you belong to, but the Lord knows that you belong to him. I was just thinking, outwardly people can say they belong to the Lord, but we don't know, we don't know who belongs and who doesn't belong, but the Lord knows. So if you're feeling that you're unseen, you're no one knows, God sees you. If you have wo- obeyed him, if you walk in his ways. So that inscription is on you i belong i'm known by the lord isn't that so beautiful the lord knows those who are his secondly the second one is everyone who names the name of the lord is to keep away from wickedness so uh once you know that you belong to him the second thing is this is a separate this is a different type of stone it's not like the normal stones it's not like the stones of the world we have to keep away from the evil of the world so um, when Solomon built his temple, the, I mean God's temple, on the foundation, each of the stones they were not cut at the at Mount Moriah, the place where they built the temple. They had to be ta- they were outside outside the ta- the city. Each stone was chosen and set apart. Oh, so beautiful! No, God the same way has chosen each one of us and set us apart. And only those stones were taken all the way to the Mount Moriah and to build that beautiful temple. Which is just an example, it's just a symbol of what we are. Each one of us stones. So the Lord, you haven't come here by chance. The Lord has chosen you and set apart. We are not chosen because we are holy, but chosen to be holy. Just think about when you were called, what were we like? I was thinking, my God, if I had went gone in that direction, I would have made so many wrong decisions. But the Lord says, yeah, I chose you. And because of that, you can be holy. Why is it so important to build on a firm foundation? Like the house in the parable, when the storms come, if it's a good foundation, it will stand strong. But if it's a poor foundation, it's going to fall down. So don't wait for the storms. Now, build Build that foundation. Check your foundation. Is it strong? Is it is it uh on the word, based on the word of God, is it based on obedience to God? Check your foundation. First thing. Secondly, you will be secure in your walk with God and you will save others when you build this firm foundation. First Timothy four sixteen says, Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and and those who hear you. Just imagine. When many people fall. A lot of people fall with them. So but when we are built on a firm foundation. We save not only ourselves. But many others who are watching. Yeah. So that's why we should build. And then thirdly. You should build a foundation. Because otherwise you will be swayed with every doctrine. When this, true, this story comes. Oh you believe that. When that comes you believe. And you are tossed here this way and that way and you blame God eventually. So God is asking us to build a firm, build on this firm foundation. First of all, I shared that we should be like the man who built deep personally in our lives to come to Jesus, hear his voice every day and obey his word. Not just 10 years back, every day and obey his word. And secondly, as a church, we each are stones, part of this, part of this big building, and we need to build on Jesus, the foundation, on the teachings of the Word, with Jesus as the cornerstone, and build together, build each other, and let the Holy Spirit dwell amongst us. So my prayer is that each one of us will build on that, build that firm foundation. Let's pray. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you Lord for this word and I pray that this is a time where we check our foundation. I pray because this may be good times for us that we will look what are we, what is our faith based on? Do we truly trust you? If we trust you Jesus, we will be never, we will never be put to shame. If we love you, if we have faith in you, if we love your word, nothing will knock us down. We will stand. We will stand. It's not that storms will not come. Storms will come. He didn't say that if storm comes, when the storm comes. Storms will come for each one of us at different times. It may be storms of health issues. It may be storms of difficulties in relationships. It may be storms of financial difficulties. But the Lord is saying, in all that, you will be unshakable. You will be unshakable if you lean on me. You will be firm in this. Your house will stand. Your life will stand. So Lord, if anyone here is going through a difficult time, I pray, Lord, that they will trust you. They will lean on you, Lord. I know in my most difficult times, I've just fallen at your feet and you have just held me. You have just held my hand. Even through the worst times where there's no light, the Lord will hold you. I pray for you young people. The Lord has chosen you, each one, as a precious stone. He has written on you that you belong to Him. And He has set you apart to be holy. You're not going to be like the world. And it's okay to be different. It's okay to be different because it's only when we are different that we can win the world if we become like them there will be no difference between us and them so right now I pray that our young people here will build on that firm foundation will obey the Lord will hear his voice every day and will not hesitate to obey you Lord hallelujah and as a church Lord as leaders in the church Lord we bow before you Lord And we ask you, Lord, to speak to us every day. Every day to hear your voice and to obey you for this is your church. We are the fellow workers and we will build this church for your glory and you, Holy Spirit, will dwell in this church and you will lead us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Lord, for speaking to each one of us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let our foundation be so sure, so sure in you, so sure in you. Just tell the Lord Lord, help establish me. Tell the Lord. Let this be your personal prayer. Lord, establish me in your word, in your love. Let me trust you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The Lord will take care. The Lord is telling me, don't worry about your children. I will take care. I will take care. I will take care. Don't worry about your future. I will take care. I have it held in my hand. Oh, I am your refuge. I am your foundation. I am your refuge. Yes, and strength. I am a very present help in trouble. So, we will not fear, Lord. Even though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, we will not fear. For the Lord stands. The Lord is our refuge. Hallelujah. So, run to His arms because you will be safe. No one can take you away from God's hands till your dying day, you will be safe in his hands. So I speak that over us as a church, over us as individuals, that we will find that safe place in the Lord, that we will trust him, and we will be built on this firm foundation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for you have spoken to us, Lord. Let us continue to carry this word with us in the coming days. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in our midst, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.